This morning we are launching our new series which is called Disruptors of Our Faith. And we're going to be looking at the disruptors of our faith in the journey of, of God's Word. People that God used to radically transform and change the status quo. Right through the Bible, we see the Bible is full of people that God used to disrupt what was not right in order to make what was not right, right. And so I want you, as we look into God's Word and learn about the disruptors through God's Word, beginning today with lessons from a flood. Who do you think we're going to be learning about? Noah. Noah, thank you. We're going to be learning about Noah and how God used a simple man like Noah to completely transform the then known generation and world so that he could achieve, Noah, God could achieve his purposes for mankind. Alright? And I want you to turn to your, uh, to your Bibles in the book of Genesis chapter 6 verses 22. And it's a simple line. It says this, Noah did this. He did it all that, sorry, let me read that again. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him to do. Can all of us say that together? Genesis chapter 6, 22. Noah did this. He did all. Everybody say all. Ah, that's, an, that's an empty all. All. All that God commanded him to do. You know, in a time of uncertainty, sometimes about who we are, we are challenged with our identity or just knowing our place in this world. At a time when there are so many uncertainties with what is happening in this world, what's happening with our government, what's happening um, with global warming, what's happening with the morality that we see around us, what's happening with the spirituality, what's happening, all these questions and uncertainties. Those are the times where as the church, as people of God, God looks for courageous leaders. God looks for courageous men and women who will stand up, be willing to pay the price and do like Noah did, where he did all that God commanded him to do. Noah was a simple human being. We're going to discover a little bit more about his character. But God looks for people, the Noahs of, his gen of this generation. And He's looking for us as leaders who are prepared and willing to disrupt the status quo, to disrupt what is not right, to to be able to lead in difficult times and to alter what is happening. What's the purpose of that alteration? It requires faith. It requires you to be fueled by courage. It, it requires a leading in an unconventional way to create a more hopeful and godly future. So many world leaders stand on their stages as they make promises about coming in to leadership and say, we are building for the future. Do you want this world for your grandchildren? And all the punters say, no. And the hope is that they will bring about a change, a better change for the grandchildren. Remember, when you live your life today, you are not living for this generation. You are here today 
to leave a legacy behind for the next generation until Jesus comes back. And you may think, but hey, who am I? Me. I mean, do you know who I am? Me. Me. Just simple old me. Can I really be a disruptor? Can God use me to do something that will actually make a difference? I guarantee you, most of us would sit here believing the answer to be no. Lord, let it be somebody else. I will give towards what they're doing. I will pray for them. I will support them. But God, I don't think it can be me. You know, perhaps Noah was sitting in a very similar situation like you and me. Faced with the tragic immorality of his generation. He had a family like every good believer. He was protecting them from what was on the outside to try and keep them safe on the inside. But we had no idea of what God was about to do in and through his life that would completely change the face of this earth. And I mean literally. Thank God, God made a promise. After he did what he did through Noah, then never again will I do what I did in and through Noah. That's why we can see a rainbow. It is a sign of promise and hope that God will not do what he did with Noah. But I believe he's still looking for people who will disrupt the status quo. But what's the purpose of disruption? Here is a good um, description of disruption or a disruptor. Something that drastically alters or destroys the structure of something. The Cambridge uh, Dictionary says, a person or thing that prevents something, especially a system, process or event from continuing as expected. There are expectations upon the church in today's world. And has the church become more of an enabler as opposed to a disruptor? Has the church become more of an enhancer as opposed to a disruptor? Has the church become more of a mishmash into the morality and the spirituality of this age as opposed to being salt and light in the world. Now, when we say the church, it's that big word church. But who is the church? Who is the church? We, you and I, are the church. And so when God is talking about the church, He's not talking about the church per se. He's talking about you and me in whom His presence lives and dwells and we are the modern day temples of the Holy Ghost. Stephen Lewis, who's the president of the Forum of Theological Exploration, 
He made three points about disruptors that are required in this generation. And I want to share these as I lay the foundation for everything else we're going to do this month. It says, a leadership incubator to cultivate bold young Christians who are exploring and pursuing ministry in creative new ways that meet the needs of the communities, the country, and the world. I like that. Leadership incubators. That's one of our things that we hold to here at Life. We want to encourage you as a believer to turn to God and say, God, in what way can I creatively pursue my passions in this world and make a difference in this world? I don't have to yield to the expectations. But can you work through me to do something different so as I can be a disruptor and we'll know the purpose why. The second, he says, is a leadership accelerator to actively develop Christian leaders, innovative ideas for ministry with scalable social enterprises that create positive transformation and change for good. Why do you think we invest our time and our mon money in the community? Why do you think we invest energy as a ministry in serving people who may never ever sit on a chair here? It is because that is what Jesus did. He went to where the people were and He served where the people were. Amen? And after He had established a relationship with them, He said, Come, follow me now. If you're willing to pay the price. The church needs to change. We have become a place that says, come fill our empty seats. Because it makes us feel good. Let's be honest. Do you know how a pastor measures his happiness on a Monday morning? By how many people turned up on church on Sunday? If the number is low, he's low. But long, long ago, I set myself free from that because that is not why we do ministry and church. We are here to be an influence, to be salt and to be light. And yes, the only way we can do that is by being the body of Christ, working together and stepping out into our communities and serving them. Leaders who actively go out with innovative ideas of ministry. Our dream centers are, I'm not just boasting, but our dream centers are innovative. They are meeting a need in the community. They are scalable, they are replicable. We are now looking at going to Aurangabad and we are considering going to other parts of the world because God has entrusted us with something that can be a blessing beyond just a few. Amen. And you know what? Each one of us, God can divinely drop divine concepts that can transform this generation in preparation for the future. Do you want to be a person like that? Come on. I sat in a church years ago sitting and thinking, God, all my thing is worship, 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 worship. And I would lead worship and I would lead worship and I would twiddle the mixer and I would twiddle the mixer. All those times were times of preparation. And as God found me faithful, He found me a person that He could entrust His things too. Amen. God doesn't need faithful people. God needs 
faithful people. I don't care how much faith you have, but if you are not faithful, God cannot use you. He can take a faithful person and fill them with faith. But he cannot take a faithful person and make them faithful. Because faithfulness is an attribute, a virtue, a choice that you make to be faithful. Amen. Faith is a gift that you get from God by getting into His Word. That's the difference. Come on. I'll talk about this completely at another time. But God is looking for faithful leaders. The third thing that Stephen Lewis says, a place to explore purpose, passion and calling. That can provide participants resources to address the intersection between what God is doing in the world, the kind of diverse Christian leaders we need now, the role of the church and academy in these leaders' formation. I mean, these are big thoughts. But these are thoughts that we need to have as believers. And you think, but God, what's that got to do with me? I mean, I go to work, I come home, I earn my salary, I keep my family. I'm doing, am I not fulfilling my purpose in life? Of course you are. One of your purposes is to have a godly family. But that is only the basis upon which you launch the rest of your purpose in this universe. Amen? So... Bringing the thoughts of this theologian in. Looking at what God wants to do in and through our lives. There was something about Noah that we can learn. The lessons from a flood. In Genesis chapter 6 it says, It marks the beginning of the flood narrative. It's here that we learn the most about Noah's life. Who he was and what kind of a man he was. And the Bible says that Noah was a righteous man. He was a blameless man in his generation and he walked with God. One can almost see a sense of intimacy that Noah had in his relationship with God. By saying Noah was righteous, we know that he was obedient to God's commands as best as he was able to understand them at that time. He was blameless in his generation because he did not succumb to the morality and the depravity that was happening around him. Instead, he stood away from it and he kept himself, himself pure. He did not engage in the debauchery. He, he lived an exemplary life. As believers, I believe we must stop living a duplicity of life. Your closet life must be the same as your congregational life, as must be the same as your community life. Don't let them all be different. Just be real. Today's generation, now they're calling them the Z generation, are looking for real people who talk a language that they understand. Real language. Don't speak Christianese. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Uh, what are you saying? I was just greeting you, good morning. Well, then say good morning. If we're going to connect with this world, we have to speak the language of this world. I'm not saying we become the world, no way, but we are definitely have to be 
in this world but not of it. If you think Jesus was born today, I got a, a message from a deeply spiritual person that was basically dissing mobile phones and saying mobile phones are an apostasy. They're just causing the church to fall into sin. Another whoa, that's interesting. We're just launching Guruji. <laughs> Is he going to support our initiative of an app that's going to bless the entire nation? Or will he be from his pulpit teaching his people that we've completely missed the mark? Ungodly bunch of people. But I thought again, where would Jesus be? I bet he would have an app. In, if he was alive in this generation. He'd have got an app developer, the best he could find. He said, build me the finest app. We're going to go viral. Every miracle of mine is going to be on that app. Every news broadcast is going to be live situation. Recording from feeding the 5,000. And Jesus fed the five. Oh, gosh, look at what he's doing. Look at what he's doing. That's what Jesus would have, would have done. He did that in his generation. He used what he had. The tools that God gave him. In this generation, we have to use the tools that God has given us to reach our generation for His glory. Amen? There is nothing that is not at our disposal. If it requires a rocket to go on a mission, take it. As long as we fulfill the mission. Amen? No, you don't quite believe me. Because there's no life on Mars. Right? But He's going bust. Anyway, let's pray for Him. Whatever it takes... To do what God needs us to do. We should be willing to be innovative. To be creative. To be willing to think and live outside of the box. And the expectations of old ways of life. Noah was a disruptor. He was blameless. He stood there. Finally, the Bible says that Noah walked with God. Which put him in the same class as his great grandfather Enoch. Who was rocketed up into heaven. You know, when we look at Noah's life, the summary of it, three words stand out. He was patient. Do you know how long Noah lived? 900 plus years, the oldest living patriarch. 900 years. And so when God asked him to build an ark, it didn't just happen overnight. I mean, it took him years, first of all, to get the concept, get the drawings, get the, his family, then what we call the blueprint. Or in app terms, it's called the, the wireframe. And then uh, he had to build the ark. And then he had to get all the animals from all around the world onto the ark. He had patience. His patience required persistence. He never gave up. Because he did all that God had commanded him to do. And he had unwavering faithfulness. Faithfulness to God because he loved God and he walked with God. Faithfulness to his family. He looked after them and cared for them in a difficult time. Faithfulness to the purpose of God over his life. He never said, God, I'm going to give up. Do you think Noah felt like giving up? I bet he did. Do you think I haven't had dreams of giving up? Dreams of going back to tranquility and order and clean air. Do you think I have not, and I still don't have those dreams? I do. But what keeps us 
what purposes us is God's assignment on our lives. Nothing can be exchanged for God's assignment on your life. Amen. No comfort, no money, nothing should ever be exchanged for God's assignment on your life. And temptation will come every day. And we have to fight it. And when you are faithful, you can fight temptation. Amen. That is how a husband and wife remain faithful in a marriage. Do you think they're not tempted? Of course they are. But they remain faithful to each other. Which is why that marriage stays whole. Amen. Learn that now. In preparation for your marriage. (laughs) When you become a disruptor. The purpose of God working through disruptors is not to bring in chaos or disorder. Although it looks like that. But instead to bring about godly order and realignment. It is always to fix a problem. Everybody say, disruptors Disruptors. always bring order. order. Godly order. order. Amen. They realign something that is not right. They reorder things that are not in keeping with God's purpose and plan for a generation. A disruptor is never purposed to destroy, but to restore. Say that with me. A disruptor is never purposed to destroy, but to restore. But what will be destroyed is what is not of God. Amen? A disruptor is not called to be influenced, but to be an influence. In your workplace, where God has placed you, when you go to work every day, don't just go to work. God will give you a concept. God will give you thoughts. God can give you ideas that you can take to your boss that could completely transform how your workplace does business. How many of you look at your boss and say, if they did it like this, no, we'd have so much more money. How many of you said that? If only they did it the way I think it needs to be done. Come on. But how many of you have the guts to go to your boss and say, Boss, I have an idea. I think it's going to help the company. This is my idea. It's completely out of the box. But may I suggest it? And if he doesn't listen, you go above him. Till you find someone who does. And maybe God will use you. To be a blessing to your workplace. Amen. Or wherever God has placed you. In your society. Do you just tolerate things or do you lead in your society? All of us live in societies, right? I don't tolerate a thing in our society. I'm always emailing them. With a better way to do something. Not because I think it's good. Because just makes common sense. And what do I see a few months later? The outworking of that. We are called to be not grumblers. Disruptors. To bring. I'm talking about just simple practical things that you and I can do. But beyond that is our assignment over our life. God looks for faithful men and women 
who He can fulfill His purposes through. The measure of your faith is not always a requirement or in proportion to your faithfulness. Your faithfulness must be greater than your faith. Amen. Be faithful. God, His church and His leaders need faithful people who then He can be nurtured in the faith to grow and to become more faith-filled. Which is why Paul talked about, he said to his uh, leaders when Paul wrote to the disciples, he said, listen, look for faithful men that you can entrust things to. There were lots of men and women that the leaders could have turned to. But he said, look for faithful men that you can entrust things to. Because you know when you give it to them, they will take it and make something better out of it. Amen. That is what God is looking for. The purpose of God disrupting the then known world was to bring about salvation. The primary purpose that God brings about disruption is to fulfill His purposes of salvation. God disrupted so many people's lives. But the ultimate end was always what? Salvation. Salvation. God will give you an idea. The ultimate end will be salvation. And you know what? In the course of that salvation is a safety for your family. Amen? In the course of God's plan and purpose was an ark for Noah's family. Because God knows you cannot fulfill your assignment on your own. You need your family. Amen. For a generation that had never seen a flood. For a people who had never seen water come from the clouds. Because all irrigation was underground and from surface level. There was no need. They had never seen clouds gather in the sky. They had never seen water fall from the heavens. To this God said to Noah, build an ark. And there's going to be a flood so bad. You and your family need to be kept safe because when you get off that flood, get through that flood, you're going to start a whole new generation. Isn't that amazing? Noah believed God. We've learned to listen when people come and speak to us with crazy ideas. Now some of them are too much chicken curry from the night before. And we're discerning enough to know the difference. But sometimes they are God ideas that are totally outside the box. And we know. And when we sense those, we release those people to go and do what God has called them to do. Amen. Because when you do, God's purposes are being fueled and fulfilled through that individual. You and I, you know here at Life, one of the things we believe we need to create in our ministry is a platform upon which each of you can fulfill your God-given purpose and destiny. Church is not about a single leader, pastor, and the congregation. It is about the body of Christ where there is decisive leadership. But that leadership is there to prepare you, to propel you, and to exert you 
and to irritate you if necessary into the purposes and the promises of God. Amen. So each one of you can be a disruptor that God can look for. The character of a disruptor is one like Noah. He walked righteously. He walked with God and he was faithful. If you can align those three things in your life, if you can disrupt your own life if you need to and say, God, I need to be a lot more faithful than I am right now. God, I need to be walking a lot more righteously than I am right now. I need to be a lot more patient and persistent than I am right now. Do you know, if you say those prayers with everything that you mean to God, God will pick you up at your point of declaration and begin to use you in ways beyond you could ever imagine or ask for. Amen. In this year of increase, that is what I'm believing for each one of you. Amen. When you look back, you will say, my God, I've moved so much further than when I started this year. My God, I've grown so much. My goodness, God used me in such a dramatic way. Don't settle for the status quo. Don't become the status quo. Become who God has called you to be. Amen.